AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Camel Turner! Episode 5, Season 9 of the Fighting Cop Podcast. Dan joined by Bardi. Hello. And we've got Ricky. What's up? And, cool, it's been a bit miserable out there, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been horrible. A little bit. <laughs> as I, I have, I've been struggling to, to go on social media. And I've done, I've done my more muting stuff. But now I'm a, I, I don't know if I'll ever see another tweet again. I've muted that much stuff. And it's not people pissing me off, it's just... I can't read it because I'm I'm feeling quite miserable after the, after the game, and I I don't want to have witnessed what we witnessed. Yeah. I, but what happens is is when I start realizing that everybody else doesn't want it as well, 
and they're sending that towards me, you know, inadvertently, uh, it kind of reinforces that. It's like saying someone, like, I feel a bit depressed, and they're going, yeah, I feel depressed, and you look depressed. <laughs> <laughs> if, if that was real life, I, I would, I'd find a way of stopping that. <laughs> I, uh, so, so after the game, uh, I kind of uh, checked social media as well, and I was kind of having a bit of a... Uh, I weren't taking it too serious because there, there was like loads of like accusations flying around about Poch, about players, about this, about that, and I and I just had to take a step back and just like uh, not not laugh at it, but just like take it with a pinch of salt. Um, and then someone posted uh, this picture, this graph of like our last fifteen games <coughs> and our form from January, and then I was like, "Yeah, this is a problem. <laughs> this is a problem. It is. It definitely is a problem. Our form has uh, uh, has been horrendous. Yeah, it is." Um, but body, how are you feeling and how are you processing? We're alive. The sun is shining. It's nice and warm. And it's Arsenal this weekend. So if there's any time where football can change and cheer you up, it's now. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't make you feel better. That's that that rubbish, buddy. Of course it does. I mean, I like the we're alive and it's sunny bit. Yeah. Although this eats too much. So you know, that's <laughs> another thing that's been pissing me off. You're proper sweating. I am, aren't I? I'm just yeah. You look buckets. like Lee Evans. <laughs> I've got my towel with me. I feel like a, a 90s rapper. Like Nate Dogg's hype man. I've got my towel with me. Um, yeah, well, we've got a question. David J. Douglas on Twitter. Actually, we put out a tweet asking for questions. We've never had more. The response is ridiculous. I think it was like, uh, last time I looked at 110 questions. Brilliant. So um, we're definitely not going to be going through all of them because all of them are pretty much have the same feeling yeah um, a couple of people have been talking about the you know the, uh, the, the meltdowns is it warranted whether our stadium's shit now because there's no atmosphere uh, yeah, just general, general sort of disdain um, where, where do you feel why because we've lost we've lost the teams like Newcastle at home before we yeah. always have every, every team does bar the very best now everyone has results like this and performances like this yeah why is it now that people are starting to starting to feels like turn a little bit it's just a build-up of everything. It's the um, it's the unsettled camp. It's the um, not playing the right players. It's it's just a culmination. Football is a culmination of everything. If you keep putting in shit shit results, everything is magnified and doubled and tripled. Had we beaten Newcastle, the mood today would have been completely different. Mm. Even though we didn't play great, we would have been happy, like post Villa. It's just it's football is like that, you know. I think as well, like uh, we, we talk so much about um, the new training facilities. The new stadium, the amazing Champions League run, um, and uh, finishing uh, third and fourth, and for that progression to to happen, even though we do lose those silly games, um, to be where we want to be, challenging for the title, mm. then you have to take the, that that step up, and you, you you have to win at home against Newcastle. Yeah, and when you don't, it's kind of like are we we're like treading water in that that third fourth spot we, we want more as human beings we always want more yeah um so i think that's where the frustration uh comes down to i'm um, like you know um against newcastle there I, there wasn't one bit of me that didn't think we would win that game uh, there, there wasn't one bit of me that thought we'd lose the game not mm. one bit like i i was like how how many are we going to score yeah and it didn't happen yeah it didn't I mean, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm not aware we're surprised by this because this was um, this was the team from last season. This was yesterday's fucking team that we played. Yeah, with the same issues, the same problems, and in fact, perhaps worse. Maybe Walker Peters isn't as good as Trippier. Maybe this team is actually a downgrade on last season's team. Yeah. 
So had we had all our players playing and we got this result, then I would be really fucking depressed. But I can't. I, can't, I don't think you can. I mean, like obviously the like, the, the difference is. Uh, a couple of a couple of players, but uh, but it's a lot. It's the, it's Walker the Peters and the, the Trippier thing. I, I think if we had Trippier on on uh, Sunday, I don't think we would have won the game. <laughs> I don't think it made much. But I was quite impressed with Cole Peters. <laughs> yeah, as, but the, the thing is, the spine of the team wasn't there. But there was no Vertonghen. There was no Endombele. There was no Eriksson. There was no I don't know. Lascelles yeah. better than Lamella. There wasn't these players on the pitch. So trying to solve a solution with the players that don't have the answer was, was, was the wrong thing to do from the start well I, I, I was looking at it and I was, I was speaking to went to the game with Leroy and my missus because I wanted to it, I mean it was, this was a gimme so yeah. I wanted my missus to see the, the stadium and she's got well into football so she's kind of she was hoping for a good result as well and then as, as, <laughs> as we were walking in I was speaking to my mate Lee and, he was, and it's like we both had a weird feeling about it and this is something you can't that all football fans know it's going into certain games you feel supremely confident even if it's against an opposition that you don't think you, you could beat every day and then sometimes when it's against a, a team like Newcastle that you expect to win you, you don't and I don't know where that feeling comes from but kind of from the minute from the off it kind of felt like oh maybe this isn't going to be our day do you know what I mean yeah I think as well from Newcastle's point of view everyone's completely and utterly wrote them off like literally, they're going to finish bottom bottom of the table, and they're not going to get anything anywhere. And for us, like I was just saying, it was a you know foregone conclusion. Uh, we we would take the three points. It'd just be how much. And I think you you kind of take your your eye off it a bit and lose focus, thinking that we're just going to roll them over easily. Mm. Um, and you know that the, they have to be up for it in this in this new uh, sh- shiny new stadium where everyone wants to get a result. And we have to get used to the fact that we have to be on our game all the time. David J. Douglas on Twitter, he says, which will be your favourite away day in the Championship next season? Uh, Leeds. Leeds away? Yeah. They might come up. They might be above us. Mate, they, ain't, they ain't coming up. No? Nah. <laughs> nah, they'll, 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 they'll bottle it when it comes to it. Leeds away. Uh, what do you fancy? Forest. Forest. Oh, yeah. nice, nice bit of history. Yeah. Nice yeah. ground. Um, I quite like Charlton away. It's, yeah, they're currently sitting top of the championship. Are they? We've got to miss each other. We are. We are. Yeah. Is gonna... it Lee Bowyer, the manager? Yeah. He, like, and and the weird thing about it is that they've been trying to get their manager, their, the owners, what's his name, De Chatelet or something like that, out of their club since they've they've gone down to League One, uh, and now they're top of the championship and they still want him out. <laughs> <laughs> I admire that. You got to stay double down. Good for yeah. them because they well, they hate him, <laughs> even though they're on the brink of qualifying for the Premier League. They're not. Obviously, it's a long season. Uh, Shane O'Neill on Facebook he says can you make this less overly pr- this pod a less over- overly pr- pragmatic podcast and talk about the serious issues we have at the club and what they are really getting on my tits people talking about the attitude of relax it's only one game go and support Woolwich fucking twats but it's not only one game anyway is it we've had woeful results and performances since the turn of the year maybe even before that with no sign of them changing Shane O'Neill very angry once <laughs> Wants us to do a less prog- prag- pragmatic podcast, and I reckon just be, you know, a bit really angry about it all. Well, I think uh, discuss I, the issues. I, I think he, you know, he has a point. Like when I was saying about, I didn't realise. I mean, I, you can play. You can uh, our, our league form dipped at the end of last season because you know the Champions League run, and that's where all the focus was. Um, and then this season. <laughs> we've not got off to a flyer mm. and I think yeah questions do need to be asked probably not as 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 angry as Shane he's not happy uh, he's not happy I, I, I'm not happy but um, 
I'm doing exactly what he didn't want me to do to be pragmatic. <laughs> uh, look, if if you want us to go mental <laughs> and, and tear the club apart, because that, we could easily do that. Like, I, I could easily start like pointing the finger at Pochettino about his team selection. Uh, you know about a, a lack of depth in fullback. Uh, dodging trophies dodging trophies absolute not... silverware dodger dodge, silverware <laughs> dodger all, all that yeah, I'll say to Ricky on the way up because me and Ricky we knew we knew from the start when he played Fazio against <laughs> yeah. that was a sign yeah, yeah, that was a sign Brighton was, was on the wall was, it fucking absolute danger no. <laughs> danger doesn't like trophies doesn't like them just hates them um, look yeah we could do that but isn't everybody angry enough? And then, and it sometimes it, it, when everybody is sort of feeling on the left side of an argument, sometimes it's okay to be on the right hand mm. side or somewhere in the middle. And to be honest, as much as this is my job, and you, is it still a hobby? I guess it's a hobby. hobby yeah. <laughs> but you know, we get to spend time to, to, with mm. each other. That's the main thing. Um, it, it's also dr- incredibly draining, focusing on. There aren't there aren't truths like because everybody's unhappy doesn't mean that there are truths in in what makes you unhappy. You can go by what you see and interpret it how you want to. I'll always interpret it how what makes me feel better, even if it isn't fact. Enough of what we say on here is fact anyway. It's all fucking opinion. Yeah. And there's too many people with too many of them. Yeah. It's just that our audience is bigger than others, and um, I guess it means more. <laughs> in, in my mind, I'm not hitting the, the, the panic button. But my opinion doesn't mean more than anyone else. Just, 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 just put it under the phone. Fuck, that's going to be on that no context here. So, have you seen that account? Yeah, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. It is brilliant. This so this guy's set up. I can't remember. What, is it TF? Or girl? Or girl? Or girl? Yeah. TFC no context. So it's one of those no context accounts about the fighting cock. Um, and when he pulls out single sentences from the podcast. I'm like that definitely needs context <laughs> <laughs> that one really needs context uh, so it kind of I'm conscious about what I'm saying now but yeah ultimately um, you're forgetting a minute oh absolutely I've already forgot yeah uh, yes yeah, so, I mean I'm always we're going to produce the podcast the fighting cop the, 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 the stuff that we talk about on here is based on our relationship with each other yeah we're not going to be able to just change it because uh, you're, you're up you, you want something else Shane I mean the Spurs show would be very you know they'll, they'll they'll give you what you need. I reckon. Yeah, the, yeah, but I, I I don't want to tell everyone to like start listening to another podcast. Mm. Stay here, Shane. Stay with us. Go and listen to the last one. Like, I'm not I'm not going to uh, I'm not going <laughs> to uh, I'm not going to uh, press the panic button just yet. I think coming into a new season, new players, it's everything's a bit up in the air with uh, with Ericsson as well. Um, That's what it is. And and I, and I don't know. Obviously, you don't have that intel about what's going on in training. Is is Potts kind of like leaving him out of, uh, the, not leaving him out of the training sessions, but knowing that we're going to be setting up against Arsenal this week, and because uh, Ericsson's uh, not being picked, he's not get you know he he's obviously being sidelined. Um, yeah, it feels like that. We uh, and maybe Yang, uh, Yan and uh, uh, and other people as well. Uh, but it's just I don't know, man. Well, look, so we'll have to wait for everything to to settle down before we start. Um... Part part of the frustration is this uncertainty around key members in our squad. Mm. So Ericsson, Vertonghen, out of Verald. I think Vertonghen's got two years, right? And then out of Verald and Ericsson have got one left. Yeah. So we don't know where we're going to be before the end of this season, uh, this transfer window. And the frustration part, frustrating part of it is. Previously, we've always waited to the last minute to get our deals done. So we've started the season with the same squad, 
and we were really frustrated that you know in the last couple of transfer windows we, we didn't sign anyone but before that it was always like we're not ready for the new season because we're waiting for these transfers to come in so they changed the, the rules in the UK so that we sign the players we need before the season starts even if they're not up to speed but the frustrations are exactly the same because European clubs are still sniffing around our players Yeah. so Pochettino although I'm, I'm always bemused by what he comes out with in the in the press conferences but He's his frustrations and the things that he's kind of highlighting are that he doesn't know he doesn't have a settled squad and has a number of unsettled players. So how is he supposed to fix that before that window shut? I mean, you get paid fucking shitloads of money. Yeah. You're supposedly a great coach. Fucking work it out. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's that's there's even though we've got players in through the door, they're not ready or injured, and it is a frustrating situation. Rick, you go first. Then. So it, so when the uh, European transfer. Uh, deadline finishes and we we still have Ericsson uh, Toby and uh, Jan and uh, all three of them don't want to sign contract extensions uh, what are your views of uh, continuing to play them because if you if you want to carry on playing them you're you're playing them not knowing they're going to uh, knowing they're not going to be there next season so how can you build a team yeah. a philosophy yeah. that mentality if you know they're going to be just walking after it yeah well, I, I guess then a lot will depend on Lo Celso and how he sells but um it, it, it's a tough one to do. Do you like stick him in the reserves and fuck him off? But then you're going to ruin the squad harmony. I think there has to be a way to manage it. Pochettino needs to find his way around. And some of his press conferences, man, they've got me wishing his interpreter was back because hey, sometimes he just needs to shut up. He just he 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 just is constantly. It's impossible to understand him. Yeah. I mean, no other team has been as fucked by World Cup and transfer transfer deadline days as like us. But just shut the fuck up and get on with it. I'm 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 annoyed. First time in my life, I don't want him out. I'm annoyed with him, and um, the only way to fix this, the only way to fix everything, is beat Arsenal. If he if he beats Arsenal, everything is fixed for six months. No, nothing ever matters really for mm. six months. I think to answer your question, I would say that you can't not play those players. Yeah, they have to be used throughout the season, and you know yeah. you, you be sensible about it. If you've got Ericsson there. You use Ericsson in a way that helps Lacelso develop and come into the team. You know, it'll be hot. I think a measured introduction of Lacelso would be better than just throwing him in every game, especially when he's not fit. So you'd use Ericsson in that way. Davinson Sanchez isn't as good as Vertonghen, so you have to play Vertonghen. Ultimately, we're going to be judged this year on on and Pochettino will as well as on how high we finish up in this league. So Lacelso came in and um, on on Sunday his 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 pass through to Kane that um, forced the penalty forced the VAR decision mm. was the first kind of clever bit of movement and bit of passing that we'd had the whole game. So I, I think I think for me I, I would start Lacelso over Lamella every time now. Oh well, yeah, Lamella, it's, it's very frustrating, isn't it? Um, Toby, Jan, Eriksson, all uh, ex Ajax boys, right? Mm. Do you think? that uh, they premeditated that this contract issue, that they knew we were going to beat them in the semis in that cruel manner. <laughs> and they had ready, got ready to sell our players to run down the contracts. Um, I like the... They've I... got like a... Is it, who is the... Uh, Eileen Drury? Was Eileen it the, Drury, yeah, 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 the faith healer. Yeah, so she uh, like, had some like little predictions for Ajax. Yeah. Told them what to do. 
I think this is where I think this is think this, this is it. Yeah. Uh, I, f- <laughs> uh, I reckon it's more the case of Spurs not wanting to renew, <laughs> give massive contracts to, for, for, to dimin- players with diminution value. That's that's probably the. No, yeah. I don't think that's right. Yeah. No, for you're probably right, Rick. <laughs> I uh, did like that. They're playing the long game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ericsson's the uh, the key one, really. Actually, I mean, look, they're all key. They're, they're three of our most important players. They are. I mean, like. So, where we've got a, we we we've had a problem uh, in the centre of the park for for ages, and, and then we got uh, uh, Ndombele um, to come in um, and to kind of like he he was our main transfer target, and we got him, mm. and we knew he was going to change change the way we played, and then playing with Winks and Sissoko uh, in the middle, it's not that it's not that driving force and that uh, creativity uh, which he which uh, Ndombele would bring. Um, but then settling on from that last season where we didn't have him, you still had Ericsson like centrally playing playing further forward, and he would be the creator. When you take out Ericsson as well, like who is that central spine? Who who who's going to be doing all that creating and and, mm. and keeping everything going? Well, I, I don't get like there, there was a couple of weeks ago they were jeering Ericsson for not being able to beat first man, and yeah. no one was really bothered that he was leaving. You know the penalty misses in the preseason; it was almost like. Like everyone was just about. I think they got caught up in the fact that we'd signed these players and not forgetting what a great player Ericsson is. His uh, Premier League stats are are unreal. They're insane against a team like Newcastle, which blocks all the spaces and all the half spaces. There's no way to move. We had um, Lucas, who's a very reactive player. Ericsson, who's, who's really hit and miss. Sissoko, who when you've got eighty percent of the ball, is not really the ideal player you want. And Winks, whose passing isn't the most progressive. So it was always a struggle. Ericsson should have started. Or Lacelso, it would have been a perfect game for Lacelso to start. Yeah, there was a guy um, complaining about Winks in, on Twitter. Yeah. Saying that we, he was dividing opinion quite we, badly. We rave, rave, rave about him on the pod. Winks's job is like that metronomic midfielder uh, to, to recycle and, uh, and distribute in, in short spaces. Um, it's not to kind of play PLO esque balls. Yeah, his his job is to get the ball, get remove himself from a difficult situation, and give it to someone more creative than himself. But in so Newcastle, pro- there wasn't that situation. No, but and, and yeah, that's true. And, and also, he needs he needed more creative players around him for Winks to excel. Yeah, he needs excellence around him. There was no. But he does his job correctly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't know what was asked of him. It's, it, if anyone needs to blame about Winks's lack of effectiveness in Newcastle, is is Pochettino's. Team I think Wings can speed up his passing and his quality of passing. I think that can be improved. But he didn't. We had no options going wide. Nathan today did a really good um, chain tweet regarding Spurs beating teams that, that sit deep, and yeah. um, he showed Ericsson and Dembele were key at that. But also the width provided by the fullbacks. I don't think Rose and Walker Peters had the greatest game. No, uh, the, the goal that we conceded, Rose and Sanchez were both to blame. Some people blame Rose, Windy. And most other people blame Sanchez. Uh, they left Joe. Is it Joe Linton? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going Everybody knows how ignorant I am about football. I thought a bloke, the bloke who scored against us was Joe Linton, and I thought he was from Stoke, someone like that, and picked him up from Stoke pre-transfer. But when I knew his name was Joe Linton, it, all one word, I was like, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was a fucking pain in the ass all game as yeah. well. He's like the the goal, his hold up play was good. He's that proper target man, a unit up front, and the play acting and pretending to be injured. He'd done it about three times, yeah. 
and it's so infuriating and so effective. Yeah. It's exactly what you want if you're Newcastle. Um, if people don't know, we did a... Oh, they won't know, actually, unless you're a patron of the Fighting Good podcast. After the game, and after every every game, we do uh, a kind of reaction podcast. And... Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, I've actually... A reaction podcast, and we spoke to Kristen Hennig, who's a football expert, also a Newcastle fan, about his feelings uh, going through that game. And it's weird talking to a Newcastle fan about that, and then talking to a Spurs fan about it. And it's about it's about expectation and perspective. But he said he was terrified the whole game. He said Spurs controlled it. He said his arsehole was going. He said like it, it was just it felt like it was only a matter of time, and uh, it didn't happen. He was elated with it. Go on. But they can't play like that. That's not a that's not a system that they can play all every week. That's yeah, that gets you a result every now and then. It gets you a freak result every now and then away to a big team. You see what happens when they play a team of equal standing like Norwich, they get pumped. Alright, let um, oh, go on. So, so yeah, it was it was uh, it's quite like Villa, you know, Villa went one nil up and then they sat back and Newcastle did the same. We had a lot of possession and kind of like again, like um uh, like Christian was saying that it, it, it was like you were just waiting for, waiting for us to score and I thought we would score then after that you know the floodgates opened but it never came and like like going back to to their goal I think there was like a there was a few, few errors in there like I, I can't remember who, who put the ball in uh, it was Atsu yeah um, but I think and I think it was Sissoko like stood off him mm. um, it like should have closed him down a lot uh, he had like loads of time to pick that ball out it should have closed him down and when that ball came in like Sanchez like yeah. I don't know where he came out and then Rose was well out of position like completely well, not, Rose, play, Rose not goal even, side Rose was either going to stick with the winger that was coming around the other side or get closer to Joe Linton so both of them were at fault to be yeah. fair but Rose had a decision to make whereas yeah. Sanchez didn't Sanchez had either stay keep the distance between Vertonghen and I guess he's not aware where Rose is but he's got to look at the centre forward that's next to him surely and adapt, yeah. and react to him because the ball's only going one place if he marks Joe Linton out the best the best they're going to get out of that situation is a ball to feed to Joe Linton and because their lack of numbers going forward would probably have snuffed out that attack actually the reality is Joe Linton would have got it muscled Sanchez off the ball <laughs> yeah. and he's run through and fucking chipped Lloris or something um, I'm going to not talk about Sanchez because no was it Mourinho say if I speak I'll be in trouble <laughs> but well, uh, like you uh, your rare prediction was uh, Sanchez would be better than Ledley wouldn't it <laughs> I just why, 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 why you didn't you say go, that one yeah, you, I did uh, say that yeah. he's still got time he's got time he's got knees man he's, he's yeah. got all, all the time in the world he's 22-23 King had lost his kneecap by that age <laughs> that's not that doesn't mean alright whatever you're saying that because of, because of, now it's about King's injury record King peaked at 23 right uh, you mentioned before Nathan a. Clark's uh, Twitter thread about Pochettino breaking down teams and I thought I'd read yep. it out because it's interesting hmm. historically Pochettino's Tottenham has been extremely good against lesser sides and low blocks this is, there is absolutely no systematic shortfall but like in any system it requires a player talent to make it work specifically for Spurs a special player to execute control over midfield and a special player to unlock defence great tactical coaching can only do so much for you go back to periods of time like in the first half of 2017 to when Spurs regularly had Hart, both a fit Dembele and Eriksson on the pitch, and you see them consistently batter defensive setups. But Spurs have not had these two elements together since the first leg versus Juve. Just the midfield issues are just as, as midfield issues are becoming solved. Contractual situation has Eriksson on the bench. Spurs fans continually undercelebrate Eriksson, and then when he is not on the pitch, complain that other players aren't doing what he does. 
do you know how hard this is? It's frustrating, but it's a good sign that this is going to come to an end. Ndombele is in, and Ericsson is most likely staying for one year, giving Lo Celso time to settle. Together, I believe these players can do incredible things. Keep the toys in the pram for a few more weeks. He's fucking great, Nathan. He's one of the best people that I've ever met in my life. In terms of football? In terms of in terms of everything. Everything. He's a good man. Yeah, he's yeah. straight, he up, straight up G. You up. Cheers you up. Go read his timeline. He'll cheer you the fuck up. He's not, don't worry, he's not tactics and this and that. He speaks common sense. I think, it, like, about keeping your head when you're... Like just try not to be like ruled by emotion mm. and keeping your head and, and understand that there is a squad there and these players Ndombele isn't up to speed the Celso isn't definitely isn't and because we've had this bad result and did get battered by, by City doesn't mean that our season is going to be defined by these performances of course it isn't it can't be not it, it would oh, I don't even want to say it it's going to end me up on that fucking account go on I was just like it it would be unthinkable for Spurs to not finish in the top six, but the way people are saying talking is is if we're we're completely fucked, and we're yeah, not. Of course, no. we're not. We're not completely fucked at all. What about Ke- go? Well, no, Man United lost. Uh, Arsenal lost. So yeah, okay. we didn't lose any points. If you want to look at it in a positive light, and also like, Man United and Arsenal lost. Arsenal lost to Palace last season and uh, at home, and, and United just did as well. You know, you could argue that United's result was even worse. I think. I think the reality is that it's hit home that we we're not in the title. We never were, but we're not in the title. We're not in the title. Rush. We're never in. It, we can't. We can't compete with. We talked about it before, but yeah, Liverpool. we're not in the title. It's now official. We're not in the title race. Yeah, I'm just curious about what people want. There's a lot. There's <laughs> three, a lot. three games. It's official. Done. Done. I, Underlined italics. I'm curious what people want. That's what I want. I know everyone's angry and and, and they're moaning. But what, what do they want? Like, what what do you want? Football's not going to give you what you need. It never has. It's such a it's such a precarious. Um, thing or, or a piece of entertainment to put so much of your body and, and soul into because it will hurt <laughs> so yeah, most, a lot of the time the thing is like people like people have that they without anything whatever's going on in people's lives it's it's that hope that you will uh, challenge for the title and then after these three games it, it, it like like we were just saying it doesn't feel like we are a title challenging team at the moment but then we're going to pump Arsenal and yeah. then all of a sudden it cha- everything changes it does yeah. football yeah. change every week a, a win against Arsenal next next week would, would change yeah. everything the else. worst thing is if we lose against Arsenal then we've got two weeks of fucking international duty yeah, that's, that's going to be tough because yeah. these, these four days have been tough or yeah. whatever it's been since, since we played uh, the Kane penalty shout because that was our in yeah. <laughs> that was our in uh, Mike Dean uh, fucking I hate him. Actually, I thought he had a relatively good game. Like, let a lot go. Um, but that, yeah, that uh, that penalty was. What, what there, there, was a, there was another little penalty shout as well, like Sonny in the first half, I think. Did it? Um, it's hard to see when you. But yeah, it's. Um, I don't know, man. I think I think with, <laughs> right. I think with VAR at the moment, unless it's a stone wall, legs being chopped penalty, the referees won't give it. So. If the referees aren't given a 50-50 decision, then it goes to VAR. VAR looking and says, yeah, it's not clear and obvious. He hasn't fucking stabbed him. No. So it's not a penalty. <laughs> so, but, but, it was it Lascelles that went over? No, it's uh, Lascelles' through ball to Kane. Yeah. Sorry, who, the defender? That's a great ball. Lascelles. Sorry. Lascelles, sorry. I thought you said Lascelles. I did, I did, but I was getting them mixed up in my brain. <laughs> Lascelles, uh, he, he fell. Uh, undoubtedly, I don't think that he meant to bring Kane down. 
But if he falls into Kane's path and it prevents him from striking the ball, yeah. why why should the attacker not be given the advantage there or be given the penalty yeah. when someone is not played football to stop Kane from getting that? That, that it has to be, yeah. But it, or, or or doesn't it? If someone loses their feet unintentionally and they fall into attacker and it stops them preventing the ball, is that this is this is the the key bit? So Dean saw that and thought, I don't know, he's not meant to do. I'm it. not going to give it because we have got VAR. Yeah. And then VAR, I've looked at it and said, I can see why the referee didn't give it. It's not clear. It's not obvious. No penalty. So unfortunately, VAR has now made the threshold for penalties. As we got to our advantage last week with Lamella with the foul, yeah. that the threshold now for penalties is a lot higher. So it's, it's not a bad thing. We're not, penalties aren't being given for soft stuff, even though this is against our team. And you know, in the same way that kind of referee decisions work their way out in the end, like everyone gets what they deserve in the end, yeah. VAR is working out the same for me. It yeah. will be exactly the same. There will be contentious decisions. Like... like VAR added nothing to that that situation at all. Yeah. The only way they could have done is by giving the penalty. Well, they backed the referee. They refereed. So yeah, right. Okay. I fucking fucking. But Mike me. Dean shouldn't be refereeing us after what happened last year. There was a period of time where I think one referee didn't man it didn't ref uh, Manchester United for like two seasons because he'd had a falling out with Ferguson. Why the fuck six months after Pochettino squared up to Mike Dean is he is he refereeing us again? But what you think Ferguson found a way of. It, Influencing. Yeah, yeah, well, it's true. There's certain referees never went back to Old Trafford after they'd fallen out with Ferguson. Do you reckon we can get Ferguson back for Pochco's? He's had a brain. Something happened to his brain, though, so I don't know if he's all right. Oh, what? What do you mean? He had brain he had surgery. No, it was in his. It was in his I reckon he's still got it. I'd, I'd give him six months. Yeah. Get Mourinho in. It's six months, end of the season. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of Don't get the Mourinho. <laughs> no. My nails are. No, you, my you thought that was fucking boring at the weekend. Fucking get that geezer in. Fucking end on Bellet's centre back. It'd be alright. Uh, um, alright, so. Uh, You're thinking about winning the Europa League now under Mourinho. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll actually, take, of course you would. Hypothetically, if, if Pochettino got. Because there's some reports come out saying that he's. End the season. Do you know who doesn't have a United. Do you know who doesn't have a job? Who? Allegri. So why are you talking to us? No, because if Pochettino gets fired. No, I understand the principle of a manager taking over another one. (laughs) I want to say why you're looking with so wide-eyed at us. Well, he's a good manager. He wins stuff. With Juve. (laughs) You could probably win something with Juve. He won something at Milan as well. Did he? Yeah. All right. Well, he'd be good. Can you speak English? Yeah, I imagine so. He looks smart. I'm not convinced. Did he win with Milan? The league. He won the league with Milan. Did he? Mm. Uh, AC? Yeah. When? It was when uh, the season after, so he won the league, and then the next season we knocked him out in the Champions League. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, fuck him. I bet you can. <laughs> um, if if uh, say say po- say Pochettino, say Pochettino leaves at the end of the season because there's some rumour that this might be his last one, yeah. and we don't know. It could be complete bollocks. No one knows. No one fucking knows. What do you think about? Is his name? I can't remember his name. Espirito de Santo. De Santo. Nuno, Nuno Espirito Santo. Yeah. What do you think about him? He's all right. Look at that. He's got Wolves playing. Look at Wolves. Did they get beat? No, they drew no, one. They, 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 yeah. they beat Torino in the Europa League. Yeah. yeah. So him. I like it. I like the look of his. I like, I like the color of his chin. Yeah. I like the look of his face. Got a beard, yeah, bald yeah. head. Uh, looks like don't you know? Looks like. Diversity as well, yeah. Include diversity and inclusion is all good. Yeah, it's good. Get lots of <laughs> Portuguese in there, Brazilians in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They bring a, a, an influx of uh, Portuguese players. Finally, get Moutinho. 
like that. I like that idea. Uh, yeah, so we talked about Pochettino yield and picking a strong team. Paul Bates on Facebook says, "Why is uh, why has Poch dropped the high tempo, aggressive pressing style that made us so dangerous a couple of years ago? He's turned into AVB. Jeez, <laughs> I mean, am I misjudging the scene here? No, but we have stopped the high press. I think too many yeah, of our players but, got fat and they just stopped running. But high press against Wolves when I mean against uh, Newcastle where they had two players out of the box. Still pressing. Just keep pressing. Yeah, keep pressing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he can't motivate him anymore. I'm getting on it. Yeah, let's get him out. Let's get him out. Plate face mug. It's turning that way, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. No, no. I mean, like, uh, there, there, there has been. Uh, I don't know whether it's a, a pick up on uh, the end of season uh, fatigue uh, to uh, like towards the end of last season where we did drop points and maybe Champions League and stuff like that. And uh, we we brought some players in now. Uh, it, it, you know, a lot of the squad is is a bit more settled uh, and know their roles. But um, yeah, I, I've certainly I've certainly noticed that, that, that there hasn't been that that aggress- I mean, Potter's has even talked about the aggression, the aggression of playing there. the ball forward and the aggression of getting that ball back. It's the motivation thing, yeah, I think. It, yeah, exactly. I think he's got players that potentially want to move on that aren't going to be receptive to his tactics. Uh, they've got a squad there that's been for a long time that have heard the same messages. Over and over again. Who was talking about this three-year cycle? Yeah, that was me and you. I think that might be bullshit, though. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Buy into no, it. Buy no, into I'm it. stepping away from it. <laughs> me, me too. I don't believe in the cycle yeah, anymore. No, no not after I, I think it no. could exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, think, I, I think we might be at the end of ours. <laughs> we might be at the end of our cycle. Thinking that this is a new cycle. No, we're at the end of our We need a re- complete new rebuild. But if you look at you look at what Guardiola does because he can have the money, Man, Man United did yeah. done because they had the money, is they constantly re- refreshed and this might be the start of a cycle of refreshment because look what we know is that Levy said that he's going to invest in the squad and what he's done this summer has in, is invest in the squad Yeah. so it's one transfer window it's three games where we haven't played incredibly well and including the draw away at the Etihad which pretty means nothing now now we've lost the Newcastle but <laughs> but the it's like in January we could strengthen again we get Dybala looks like we're interested in him if he doesn't leave from Newcastle I think it is a likely destination unless we absolutely fall off the fall who goes to Newcastle sorry if he doesn't leave Juve because it's black and white yeah. <laughs> same same sorry Dybala yeah. if he doesn't leave Juve before the end of the European transfer that, that he could come to us and there's mm. you know the fact that he probably won't be in their Champions League squad because they've got like six. Yeah. they've got like 800 players they've got way too many players yeah it means that we could probably pick him up um so we don't know what might happen and it may be there may be a painful process for us to go through while we refresh this squad and Pochettino even said that himself he says rebuilding Tottenham is going to be painful Dybala would have been really fucking useful on, on yeah game. absolutely oh, I know that definitely okay. definitely um, alright we've got Arsenal at the weekend you know what we're going to do we're going to do a another podcast with Alex in Bristol on Thursday and we're going to be talking about the Arsenal game there so we don't need to preview it now unless you've got anything specific you want to say well we can I, I, I kind of Alex's will be just like yeah passionate that's, that's what we need at this stage yeah. it? that we need these blind ignorance yeah. the, the beautiful thing can is everybody yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone has forgotten David Luiz's uh, performance against, against Liverpool and before and against Tottenham many times so they've got a, they've got a big gaping hole at the back of their defence which we can which we can go at <laughs> there's reasons to be positive here yes it's Arsenal away and we haven't been doing very well there but you know they're not they're not fucking Man City you know no and uh, and fucking thank god but the uh, 
I, it will be a much different performance against Newcastle. Uh, sorry, against Arsenal than it was against Newcastle. There will be space to hit. Our players will be able to exploit that. Harry Kane will get much more time on the ball. Son will be able to run at defenders. Unless Emery comes out and is ultra pragmatic, but I can't see it. No, he won't. He needs to take advantage of the incredible pace and front line that they've got because they've got very little else. Uh, apparently, Delhi might be fit for the North London derby. Would you would you chuck him straight in? Uh, yeah, I'd take it. I'd Just take, against them. Yeah. I would yeah. take Lucas out and put Delhi in. I'd take Lamella out, put Ericsson or Lacelso in, and then take Sissoko out and put Endombele in. Well, someone's got to play right back because Carl Walker Peters is injured. Um, is he like out? Out, out, I don't know. He looked like he'd done his hamstring. It looked, from where I was sitting, it looked. Terminal. It was right in front of us. It looked terminal. 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 Yeah. Oh, fuck. So, uh, <laughs> got no luck, there, guys. <laughs> finally got. He finally got a starting position. Yeah. It's yours to lose, and his fucking body and gives his in. body gives in on him. So so right back. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. That was moose. Yeah. Little moose. Little like you know the way he runs and that. Well, but, Up what, against Pepe. What about uh, Serge? No, nah. no, nah. nah, under no circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, um, we'll preview this. It's not properly, but in a in a way, on Thursday. The extra inch will preview it nicely. Well, that's not nothing to do with us, is it? Yeah. So fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the Champions League draw, which fuck takes off. Place. Um. So I went to Spurs at the weekend and um, what I noticed this is something that happens often at football you hear mad shit yeah. and um, there was two bits of uh, just quotables that I'll, that I'll pick up through, through the 90 minutes I heard one of them was this guy's idea that and he was very frustrated that we weren't doing this that we push the halfway line on a corner um, so his idea was that we don't defend the box that we have as many players as we can on the halfway line in order to potentially take advantage of a, a counter, a counter makes but, sense. Well, it does make sense, but when there's eight players in your box and you're you're you're, you're leaving yourself with four, yeah, perhaps that you, you it's a significant disadvantage of yeah. defending that corner. Well, I, I, there's there's two ways you can look at it. One is Tottenham bring everybody back to help with the defending and also improve the counter attacking chances because because they break on mass because you break on mass. Or you 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 roll the dice like Barcelona would. I think back in the day they would quite often leave three or four players up just because Messi and these guys are pointless in corners, yeah. which forces the opposition to leave four or five players up as well, which reduces the numbers inside the box. So maybe had something this game. Yeah. Well, there was a, there was a one one corner which Newcastle took, and we had everybody inside the box. But as you, but as I think they do that, they bring everybody back. So then, on mass, they can attack. We've and seen no many. It seems yeah. to do that many times. So I mean, there's two schools of thoughts. He's not. He's not a lunatic. To, to, okay. To suggest that. At the time, I thought he was a bit mad. But the other one I heard was that I don't get Harry Kane. I don't understand what he does. What What's his? What does he give to us? There, I because the problem with fucking giving reason. No, no, because I'm a reasonable person. You can't answer that. There is no. That's a mad statement. But Harry Kane, <laughs> Harry Kane, at this moment in time, in my opinion, he's a little bit torn because um, there's no number ten giving him the ball, so he goes looking for the ball, which then forces Lucas to be the number nine because Lucas is a pointless number ten. Mm. So Kane is trying to do almost too much, where Kane should just focus on being the striker. So I could see what he says, but he's wrong. 
Right, so this was an idea of a little kind of bit that we could do each week, but I think you've just kind of debunked it. This is essentially, it's essentially it was just mad shit you hear at football. Okay. So what, every week, if you can, just email us or, that's the best way, DM, DM us on, on Twitter, at Love the Shirt, the maddest shit you heard at, inside the Spurs Stadium this season. And the best one at the end of the year, we'll make into a t-shirt nice. and give the proceeds away to my pocket yeah. no <laughs> to, 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 to come I, I saw a steward on, on Sunday take off his bib and say I'm ready for a scrap now let's go outside what so, to you not to, no fuck off I'm not I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm only aggressive what on were the circumstances that led to this it was um, sit down he, was, he, he came along He was. I think he was like a managing steward the uh, stewards in the yellow had said sit down no one was listening mm. he came over someone didn't like being told to sit down it kicked off and he took off his bib okay. and said let's go outside now and sort this out holy shit, shit. and he was big the was he steward. Yeah. that's a mad thing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is uh, where I was in the stadium no one there wasn't a steward in sight I didn't see one just nah. stood stood for the whole fucking thing it was great Yeah, atmosphere wasn't great um, there, there has been quite a fair bit about um, about the atmosphere uh, you know saying that you know we've got this new stadium it's been affected somewhat um, what, what do you think about the atmosphere at Spurs at the moment so I think when the going is good the atmosphere is great when it's not it's like it, it's a it's a you know a, a vicious circle of that cycle cycle whatever yeah. mate there isn't there's no such thing as a vicious circle there is <laughs> <laughs> your arsehole yeah <laughs> um, of uh, if, if the team aren't playing um, and they're not. It's, it's not attacking, and it's a pedestrian kind of uh, game where you just kind of go side to side, and it doesn't look like you're doing anything. Then it doesn't give people that that impetus to get up off their seat uh, mm. and keep uh, and keep a broadened team. Even when you're defending and someone goes in like proper like hard tackle, that gets people off their seats yeah. regardless. Uh, and then when you're attacking, you, you're taking pot shots or whatever that will get people up out of their seats, but. Again, like it's as much as the players to, to get you going, as much as the you, fans you getting as well. up. Yeah, yeah. So you, you can you can you can sit there all game and you can be chanting and and um, uh, and trying to get the team going, but sometimes it just it ain't gonna happen. So then it's like, well, I remember a quote from Steve Bruce uh, when we were two ga- two points from eight games that that season on Ramos, mm. and we we're in the Park Lane, and the atmosphere was about as good as it's as I can remember it being apart from big games like Inter Milan or Arsenal and stuff but against Wigan at home it was and we drew nil nil, and we sung pretty much throughout the second half because it was about this stage where right well we're fucked on the pitch Wanda Rums is out of his depth this is never going to work so you, you kind of backs against the wall stoical attitude of our fans and you see it throughout all of football supporters when there's nothing left to, to, to follow you create something amongst yourselves but we're not quite at that stage yet. And um, there's many times in the old White Hart Lane, uh, what, what, sorry, just to end that, Steve Bruce said that was the best, one of the best atmospheres I've ever managed. Um, but that was a nil-nil result in the old White Hart Lane. But, uh, but, but there was many, many, many times, like tens of, 20s, 50 times I've been to White Hart Lane and the atmosphere has been dross. Yeah. Because you're up against someone you expect to beat and... The only thing that's going to get people off their seat is if it's a tight game and we manage to score or we produce something brilliant. But the fact is the attitude for the vast majority of football clubs and football fans in the top flight is 
will sing when we've got something to sing about. Yeah. yeah. And I think people's attitude or, 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 or the, the kind of light has been shined on to Spurs, Spurs fans at the moment is because we've got this brand new stadium and this single tiered stand and the atmosphere isn't good enough. But against Arsenal, against Chelsea, it, it will be in the same as the Wild Lane. I, I think it's also the, what's been affected is we've had two games really early on in August. Like the season started a week earlier than usual. Um, where I sit on in my seat, I looked around and I didn't recognise anybody in my entire row because a lot of people weren't there. They're on holiday, bank holiday, and stuff like that. So yeah. that has a knock-on effect as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well the uh, it's it's the mixture of. Uh, you know, fat fans in that single tier stand as well. You know, it's marketed uh, uh, as you know the the biggest cop stand in England and the closest from fans to pitch ratio um, of a stadium of that size. Um, and you just think because because of that that there is automatically going to be a, a, a huge amount of noise generated. But then also with that because of the cheaper seats that that are in there people that were in the old west stand or, or in the east uh, east up or whatever that that weren't that vocal but have gone there because it's cheaper mm. um that they, they are still willing to to, to sit there where a lot like there are pockets that are standing all game and then it gets on people's wick that behind you they want you to sit down yeah and shut up and just you know it's it, so there, a bloody yeah yeah there was actually a, a group of lads at the back of the uh, the wall, if you like, on the left-hand side, who were singing and 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 chanting for for long periods in that second half. It was maybe a hundred of them, and do you know you know where the the newsstand is and the, the there's like windows behind them at the top. Yeah. So where the seat I was in towards the right, I was at, towards the bottom of the the, the single tier stand. Towards the right of me were a group of about hundred who were chanting and singing. It's, the problem is it's different from White Lane because you know where the atmosphere is going to come from it's going to come from the shelf yeah from what was it 30 to 31 and then through to 34 on the part lane yeah. so you need to find that again yeah um, but th- I don't think there's any real difference between this stadium and the next and when we have a big game at White Lane you'll, you'll hear it you know when we had the warm up in the first game of the season when Deli Ali was warming up and people were talking about how loud that stand was. It was yeah. deafening. Yeah. So just it's when the opportunity arises. I wouldn't worry about that kind of stuff. In the same way, I said I wouldn't worry about how well our team's performing. It will all come. Yeah. We've got some news and articles. Uh, we have scheduled new contract talks with centre back Toby Alderweireld. There is a growing hope at the club that the Belgian will now commit his future after fans seal a transfer away from the club. That's the football insider. Don't know how good he is of that bloke because he is, but um, it would be. Lovely to see him sign a new contract. I can't see it myself. He's getting on. I mean, I like him, but if he, if he has to go, if he has to go, I'm beyond giving a fuck now. Let him go. Yeah, it's just what it leaves us with. Because yeah. in your head, you think Vertonghen and Alderweireld with a backup of Sanchez for if you kind of understand that. Yeah. You lose Vertonghen and, and Alderweireld. That's a massive rebuilding job at the back. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to have to rebuild though. He's getting he's yeah. getting old. Yeah. What is he like? Twenty nine. No, he's in his thirties now. Well, out of world? Yeah, I think so. I think he's just maybe he's thirty. I think he's thirty-one, maybe. All right, fucking getting on. All right, uh, oh, Jesus, Het Nuo's blood. That's uh, that's the source. Uh, Spurs have reached a an agreement with Club Bruges, worth an initial ten million euros plus a further five million in bonuses for the sale of midfielder Victor Wanyama. I've never seen more bollocks in all my life. 
How are we going to get? How are we going to get fifteen million euros for Victor Wanyama? Well, it's ten. It's ten with bonuses. Yeah, but if they win everything, then we get fifteen million. Hmm. Well, how old is it? How old is he? But his problem is not how old he is. It's what, it's, what his legs can do. It's what his legs can do. He's got legs of Benjamin Button. He's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Athletic says uh, Jack Clark is likely to return in January should the winger continue to be omitted from the Leeds United match day squads. So they've got this weird system where uh, they loan too many players. Yeah. Uh, which means that Jack Clark isn't getting the opportunities because he's ineligible for a lot of games. Yeah. So cup game, cup games he can play, but league games there's, there's some issue around that. Um, I think you can only have five or something in the matchday squad or something. So fuck he, it, bring him back. He quite often gets cut loose. He ain't playing, bring him back. Chris Nenich said that he thinks that Jack Clark will eventually make a really good wing back. Uh, he's currently uh, sold as a right or ambidextrous forward. Uh, right or left wing winger we'd love that <laughs> no just brilliant we sign that we sign the next Gareth Bale and it's going to be the next Carl Walker Peters well, well, I mean give him a chance <laughs> get him out Jeez, get him out of our club <laughs> sell him <laughs> absolute fraud <laughs> so we've got some questions from uh, the listeners uh, to add to the hopefully he's not as miserable as the others uh, the Zen Spur on Twitter he says you've been sent back in time to 1882 but you can bring one thing with you what would you bring Fuck yeah, the football club. I bring the football club with me. What for the football club? You can. You, what, you, I you're mean, being sent back to 1882 to do whatever, be, to do whatever you fuck you want. Yeah, anything from 1882. I mean, there's nothing in. There's nothing good in 1882. You could bring like a, an there's electric pol- polio in that. Well, you, if you bring like a battery torch, you'd be like a wizard. You'd be like the greatest. They've never seen electricity. No, you're sent back to 1882. Oh. You've got to bring something back with you to to do what? To now, you? now. I'd probably bring like a six-year-old kid and just walk him around and blow his mind. <laughs> so I'd take it, take him into GameStop. <laughs> See what I mean? Give him a fucking beef burger. Oh, okay. You go to eighteen eighty-two and bring, bring him bring here. Back. Yeah, mine's okay. an eight-year-old boy. Oh shit! Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, 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 I would yeah. bring the people that founded Tottenham Hotspur. So look at you done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look yeah. at the misery yeah. you caused all these people. Look, oh, look at this. This is called Twitter, right? I know this is going to freak you out. <laughs> every everyone you know and all the people you met are on this now, right? And this is what you've done to him. Bob in Singapore, you've properly fucking yeah, up, Bob, fucked him up. Bob, Bob, Dave and Buzzard and Bob in Singapore, you fucked you fuck them up. Well, well done, uh, uh, Ripshaw. The, the geezer who helped fund it, the, 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 the guy from the church, yeah. John Ripshaw. Just stick to fucking playing cricket and leave football you alone. Because cricket's great. We saw <laughs> how great cricket is. Proper England, man. Mate, that was so I'm good. not even English and I was cheering it. I was fully free. You're not having that. You're not allowed it. It was great. You said that England are a bottle job nation. <laughs> something along those lines. It was, it's up there my top 10 sporting achievements. Really? Yeah. Do you, you don't like cricket, do you? Nah. That's mate, shit. No, it's, time it's, it. it's not shit. It's incredible. And that, to, the fact that we had that World Cup win and that performance yeah. is... It's, that's like just in football in tones who said it it was like uh, someone, uh, Charlie Mogg in the Telegram group he said it's like being 4-0 down at half time and winning 5-4 that's, that's the equivalent that's how unlikely it was yeah, yeah I, get, I get that for the, the, the one against uh, Australia was it the one the Ashes yeah yeah where the Ashes. there isn't well, one yeah, there's yeah. five, there's well, five so, so, so we've won a game against we've won, a, we've won yeah. a test yeah, so, so then what happens if the, if uh, Australia win the next well, then two it's all tests? over finished yeah but that's and, like, and so, what is uh, and like, what, what, so, so what Harry Kane scores a fucking worldie and we lose 5-1 no we might not we might beat them but Rick when, when Son scored that goal against Man City in the quarter final of the Champions League yeah. you celebrated yeah a little bit yeah he did and then that it just meant that we get another go in, in the sec- mm. second leg that's what this is yeah alright and on the brink of losing as well yeah. 
Well, yeah. yeah, mate. Just like you need to, you, you're sounding pretty gammon right now. Mate. No, make me try. Make me, make me gammon. Make me gammon. No, like. he's been ungammon by not liking cricket. All right, my favourite thing has been called a gammon. I'm getting a lot recently. Uh, Ashley the Zulu. Um, that's his name. Uh, Jose as Poch's eventual successor. Discuss. So you mentioned this at the start. Yeah, I mean Jose Mourinho's. We win stuff. Not recently. Like I, I mean, I, don't, I disagree with his footballing principles. I agree, I disagree with everything that he stands for. But um, he would win something under M- Mourinho for sure. Um, what was the last trophy you won? Europa League. Europa League, wasn't it? Oh, I don't care about that. It. But we're never going to win anything under Poch, are we? So, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Dodger. Uh, I take I take Mourinho like hypothetically. Poch, if it all goes tits up, and January comes around, and Mourinho is available. I would take him at that point. Yeah. If we can't negotiate a deal of walls for that bloke that manages them. Right? I'll take Mourinho at that point. Just for six months with a view to an extra year. So who we like hypothetically, who we got? We've got Mourinho, uh yeah. Nunes. Nuno. 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 Nuno and Allegri. Allegri. Right. Anyone else? Um Zidane might be sacked by then. Oh, I, like that. I, don't I don't want, want him. Don't want no, well, how how would you start the season? Shit. Brilliant. What what um what's what you you you're, you've always been of the opinion as, as much as you rate Poch, Buddy, you've always been of the opinion that there are other options out there. Of course, there are. There's always there's always other options. Of course, there are. I'm just saying that when when I think of the thought of Poch leaving, I think that that's the end of everything, and I'm, that's ridiculous. But yeah. that's just where my brain is. I don't. So so you think there are managers that could progress what he's already built? Yeah, of course there are. As you said, that each manager reaches the end of his cycle, yeah. and sometimes there's there's I no more. I don't think I've ever said that. But well, maybe you know I just, what I mean. Yeah. I just paraphrased you. Maybe <laughs> there's someone else who could take what Pochettino stepped us, the and then Nuno could come in and just do amazing things. Yeah, my, my mind automatically goes like back five years. Like a, a manager, who, who do you want? Hidding? Is <laughs> <laughs> Van Gaal still alive? Ancelotti's about. is busy. Uh, Football Flags UK says, would you take relegation to win the Champions League this season? Yes. Oh, Winning God. the Champions League would be fucking amazing. Yeah, it would, but then relegation would be painful as do you know, fuck. Do you know what? The th- I don't, like, the winning, I get the winning the Champions League and you can always say that. But it's a horrible question. That is a terrible question, yeah. Champions of Europe, you'll never sing that. You'll sing that to, you can sing that to Grimsby in, in Championship. You could sing it to Nottingham Forest. We could, and then they'd go, oh, you're, <laughs> you're all idiots. We've won it twice, you mug. I think they have. Um, um, the, the problem is, is that once you've won, that feeling of victory disappears. It does. And then you're left the reality of what you are. And that's the Championship Football Club. True. Well, yeah, but we'll go straight back up now. Yeah. Will we? <laughs> fucking great we? season, smashing, we, smashing. We do because it would be a new like Jack Clark would be our star player. In the <laughs> Harry Winks, we boss the championship. Do you know what? I, I, my heart says I would absolutely love it just for that moment, but my head says I'd much rather be in the. Because then you win the Champions League, you delete all the accounts. But the thing is, is <laughs> uh, the thing is, is that we 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 aren't the football club we were before Levy and Pochettino arrived at the club. We, 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 we're built commercially to never be out of the picture unless something fundamentally shifts in football. So even if you have a bad season, like Man United will have a bad season, they've had a number of bad seasons and bad decisions, but they have the financial clout to always be in the reckoning and that's where we are currently. Yeah. So while there are going to be seasons where we don't perform the way everybody wants us to, 
we have every chance every season of rebounding every single time think of fucking supporters of Bury and Bolton Bolton like yeah. they're very very actually it's gone past five o'clock when we're recording so they could both those teams you know not have a football club now that's like if you're genuinely worried about your football club they're not even you know that that's those are genuine issues fucking like, like horrendous things for yeah like, like on, a, on a level fuck Bury and fuck Bolton do you know what I mean you get, like they're there are um, rivals they could be one day Bolton pissed me off a lot yeah, they pissed all of us off they pissed everyone off but <laughs> those, those, what their, their fans are going through yeah. you know, is, is madness and, and what we're going through is we had a dodgy performance against Wolves we got smashed by the best team in the world but got a draw and uh, we could beat Arsenal next week you know, stop fucking like, see the light at the end of the tunnel true maybe alright boys anything else? nah done Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.